0: Let's go to prayer right now. Let's ask God's help here on this time. Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning and so thankful for the forgiveness that we, that's available to us through Jesus Christ, your Son. And we're thankful uh, that you graciously and lovingly show us our need for a Savior, um, telling the truth to us <laughs> about who we are. And what we're like, we are, as it says in Romans 3, that, you know, there is none uh, righteous, no, not one. We all um, have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But the scripture says also, just thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And when we put our faith in him, uh, we are forgiven and have eternal life and have a relationship with the living God. And so, Father, we're so thankful for that. Uh, Lord, we also want to take time as a church family today to just lift up um, those in our church that are struggling, who are fighting diseases and cancer, as well as depression and other things. God, we we pray for your healing power upon them, that you would uh, give them hope uh, in the midst of difficult circumstances, you would strengthen their faith, that they would know you better through it all. And uh, Lord, we also just... Pray that you would prompt us as you would have us be your hands and feet to these uh, folks as well as you lay lay that on our heart, God. And we um, we want to just ask you this morning, Holy Spirit, to quicken our hearts, to help us to lean in and listen to what your word has to say and that we might respond in whatever way you lay on our heart is, is needed. Lord, we ask it all, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So, we've been making our way, like I said, through the Ten Commandments. Today, uh, the commandment is to not bear false witness. And Exodus chapter 20, verse 16, says just that. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. And so, um, this, you know, directly and explicitly, as is, is, you can see, is talking about being a witness. Uh, you know, typically kind of a courtroom type of situation where you give witness or testimony to something. And um, it goes on in Scripture also. We can see uh, in in uh, Deuteronomy chapter 17 here in verse 6, it says, on the testimony of two or three witnesses, a person is to be put to death. So this is if somebody was facing uh, something that was punishable by death. Uh, two or three witnesses, but no one is to be put to death on the testimony of only one witness. Um, And then there's other scriptures also that uh, talk about uh, you don't want to falsely accuse somebody, right? It says, uh, if a, a malicious witness arises to accuse a person of wrongdoing, then both parties to the dispute shall appear before the Lord, before the priests and the judges who are in the office in those days. The judges shall inquire diligently, and if the witness is a false witness, and has accused his brother falsely, then they shall do to him as he had meant to do to his brother, so uh, you shall purge the evil from your midst. So he's saying, you know, whatever that penalty would have been on your person that the the person was falsely accusing, that will be your penalty. So uh, God took this very seriously, you can see. Um, Put yourself back in a day when there was no forensic science, you know, and there's no DNA, there's no fingerprinting, uh, witnesses were it, were it. I mean, mostly having a witness, and so this is why God is saying, and God cares about justice uh, deeply. And so He He's saying, "Listen, you shall not bear false witness; you shall tell the truth in a court of law." Um, now, uh, this commandment is not just uh, here in Deuteronomy or Exodus; it's all all through. Uh, different places. I I don't have the verses up here, but I'll just read them. They're all fairly short. Zechariah 8.16 says, These are the things that you shall do. Speak the truth to one another. Render in your gates judgments that are true and make for peace. So, you know, not bearing false testimony is really the same way as saying we need to speak the truth. And not only in a court of law, right? Um, But just speaking the truth to one another. Leviticus 19:15 says you shall not you shall do no injustice in court you shall not be partial to the poor or defer to the great but in righteousness shall you judge your neighbor and you get that whole idea of you know uh, lady justice is to be supposed to be blind right um not giving preference to anyone and then in Proverbs 14, there are a couple verses about a faithful witness. Uh, Proverbs 14, verse 5 says, A faithful witness does not lie, but a false witness breathes out lies. Uh, and then verse 25 of Proverbs 14, a, fa- a truthful witness saves lives, and one who breathes out lies is deceitful. And so we just see this command all throughout Scripture, that God values truth, and He wants us to be honest uh, with him and with one another, uh, whether we 're in a court of law or not, and so um, uh, you know why why might God be making such a big deal of this well there 's probably a lot of reasons, but definitely one of them is the fact that telling the truth is important because the very nature of God is truth uh, God, by his very nature he is he is truth, right, and so um Scriptures bear this out as we take a look at uh, Numbers 23, verse 9. It says, from, uh, For from the top of the crags I see him, and from the hills I behold him. Behold a people dwelling uh, alone uh, uh, and not counting itself among the nations. And that's not the verse I need. <laughs> Sorry. Um, it's supposed to say... <laughs> Sorry, where did I get that out? I have no idea. God is not a man that he should lie. That sounds better. God is not a man that he should lie or a son of man that he should change his mind. Uh, Has he said and will he not do it? Or has he spoken and will he not fulfill it? In other words, you know, you can count on God's word. That is like what he says he's going to do. And uh, he's not like us where he's prone to lie. His character is truth, right? Uh, So, and then in Romans uh, 3, 4, see if I got this one right. I know exactly. <laughs> uh, okay, yeah, here we go. By no means it says, "Let God be true, though everyone were a liar, as it is written that you may be justified in your words and prevail when you are judged." So just saying, you know, God be true and though everyone else be a liar." And then, you know, Jesus Christ himself, Jesus Christ himself, the Son of God. how did he identify himself? right? He says, uh, "I am the way." The truth and the life, right No one comes to the Father except through me. And so Jesus is God come in the flesh and he's there displaying for us not only with his words but also with his actions, right that he is living truth, right He is living truth. Um, what does it say in the beginning chapter of John? right He is called the Word of God, right the Word of God. And so he is, he is the personification of God's Word and God's will. And so he identifies himself as, that, as, the, as the truth. And so you want to know the truth about God? You've got to know Jesus. You want to, you want to search out who Jesus is. And where do you go for that? Well, you go to the Bible. you are got to read any of those gospel accounts. They're like biographies of Jesus, right? Uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. Look what Christ said. Look at what Jesus said. Look what He said about how you can have eternal life, right? Um, And uh, this is, but this is, this is who God is. He is truth. This is why one of the reasons why it's so important, why God is making this one of the top ten, right? Is to is to not lie, to to not bear false witness, right? Uh, Think about it. This is just a way it's the it's a way to love your neighbor right uh you know it's just i don't think it takes a rocket scientist to figure out it's not loving for me you know to uh falsely accuse someone else of something right um, to to disparage their character uh and so on so it's it's a loving thing to tell the truth and also to to give a truthful testimony so telling truth is important because It's the very nature of God, so it's important, I think, when God does tell us, you know, why He commands certain things and what His will is, that we know we can know some of the why reasons. We don't always know, right? But many times we do, and I think we can gather from Scripture. This is definitely one of them. Now, I think another reason why telling the truth is important is because the devil is a liar, okay? And you don't want to be like the devil. I don't think. Okay, if you're a follower of Jesus, you you definitely don't, you know. Uh, um, and, and so, how do we know that the devil is a liar? Well, Scripture tells us this. Um, John eight forty four says, uh, "You are of your father, the devil." Jesus is talking to a group of people there, and these leaders who were uh, in their hearts evil. He says, "You are of your father, the devil, and you your will is to do your father's desires." And he was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him, right? When he lies, he speaks out of his own character for he is a liar and the father of lies. If Satan's lips are moving, he's lying, okay? That's the idea here, okay? And so lies are coming from the enemy, uh, of Christians, and that, that is the is the devil, okay? And um, so he is always telling lies. He, he's actually trying to get us to believe lies, right? That, um, that's that's his one of the biggest weapons in his arsenals. If um, if you're already a believer, if you put your faith in Christ, he can't keep you out of heaven. You have a relationship with the living God, but he can try to get you into believing lies that will hinder you from your maximum effect on this world for Christ, right? And it might hinder you, and it could be hindering in your marriage, and your relationships, could all kinds of things, right? If it can get you to believe certain lies, right? And so just, we, we need to be aware of this. Um, you know, as as believers, um, we need to realize that we we are to stand in the truth and that any lies are from the devil, and we need to, uh, say no to those. And, and really, the best way um, to sniff out a lie is to know the truth, right? Um, You've probably heard this many times before, but, you know, uh, they used to, when they are training bank tellers to discern counterfeits, would be to have you just handle the real bills. And so that when you encountered uh, a fake, a counterfeit, a lie, that you would just know it. Right, because you've studied the true bills, right? And I think it's in a similar way. It's that way in following Jesus. If you are want to be a faithful follower of Christ and not fall into some lies, uh, it, the best thing to do is just to study the truth. Right, uh, get into the scriptures, get into the Bible, and 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 study it with somebody that is maybe just a little ahead of you in the faith. Um, You know, I think it's really great if you can study in community, right? So you can wrestle through maybe questions you have, and so on. Um, But but learning what God's will is for our lives, learning the character of God, as because really, um, that's what we've got. God has has given us this wonderful uh, book. The, the 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 scriptures is described as the living and active, right? Living and active, able to. Divide the soul and the spirit, right? And uh, you take the word of God united with the spirit of God, it changes lives, right? Any any who's following Jesus here today could probably give a story or two of how God used his word and his spirit to change your life. The truth, right? You shall know the truth, right? And the truth shall set you free. Shall set you free. And so... Uh, we have to be committed to that. We have to realize where those lies or even temptation to lie is coming from, right? Um, so, devil is a liar. That's the second thing. All right. Uh, another scripture here in Genesis three one. right? He's He's been doing this. He's had a lot of practice at this, right, for uh, generations. It says, Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made, And he said to the woman, he said to the woman, did God actually say you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? Right, so he's questioning what God said. Like, did he really say that? And trying to get you to doubt the truthfulness of God's word or maybe what you heard, right? And so there he is in the beginning. And of course, Genesis 3 is where we read about the fall of man, right? This is where... um, our sin problem began back in the garden, right? And this is why things have gone awry. This is why our world is the way it is. It's it 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 it, it ha- it's a glimmer of the beauty of God's creation, but it has been affected by sin and the fall, nonetheless, right? We've got here in Revelation chapter twelve, verse nine, again about uh, the devil. It says the great and the great dragon was thrown down that ancient serpent who was called the devil and Satan, the deceiver of the whole world. He was thrown down to the earth, and his angels were thrown down with him. You see what it calls him? The deceiver of the whole world. Right? I don't know if you know this or not, but God's Word clearly says that until we come to faith, there is like this, this, these blinders we have. Uh, we don't we don't understand we don't we don't know our need for a savior we don 't even see even see ourselves as really sinful right uh but when the Holy Spirit works on a person's heart right and that veil is lifted and those scales fall off our eyes, we see the reality of our need the reality and the depth of our sinfulness and our need for the savior right and so uh, again um he he. Satan blinds the the minds of the unbelie of unbelievers. Right? Unbelief is Satan getting in there and trying to block the truth of God. Okay, and so we need to realize this what Satan does. Now, as followers of Jesus, you put your faith in Christ, and you're a follower of Jesus. Now, uh, look what it says about what's true of us. It says, but but now, this is Colossians 3, but now you must put them all away, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. And it says, do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices, and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Did you get that kind of old and new language there? Right when when someone comes to faith in Jesus, uh, they don't become a perfect person, but there is a transformation that happens on the inside, and then it starts working itself out as we follow Jesus. Right, and we're we're on this uh, this spiritual growth path that He has us on, and and we start He starts kind of this renovation of the heart, okay, and and where we would maybe didn't wouldn't bat an eye about telling a lie now uh we have uh, our conscience is 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 uh uh you know woken up in a sense, and we realize I shouldn't do that uh i want to just share with you just briefly something that happened to me uh shortly after I became a believer um, i don't know i can't remember where I was at the time uh if I was reading something in the Bible or if I was, I was at a conference. Uh, I think I actually, I believe it was at a conference in Dayton, Ohio, as I think more about it. Um, it was called the Basic Youth Conflict Conference. Yeah, There's a lot in that. Um, that's, that's the conference where I actually walked into the wrong house. I was, uh, that's a whole different story. <laughs> was, okay, so in those days, like, had no money okay, as a college student, and uh, and at night, we drove to Dayton. We were going to stay at somebody's house I didn't know, but it was free, okay? That was the key, free, right? And we stayed there, and uh, so I didn't see what it looked the house I came into, and uh, I like to go out and take a walk in the morning, spend some time with God. I didn't really think to look at the house number or even what the house looked like. I just walked out, just like I lived there, you know? I walked... Into the house next door, without knowing it, picked up their morning paper and set it down, and realized this is the wrong house. <laughs> I walked right out and then said, "Maybe it's the next one next door." And thankfully, it was. Oh my gosh, I was so freaked out. Uh, yeah, I just... Oh my gosh, I was never mind. I it was. Yeah, it's this no. A change of wardrobe might have been in order. I'm not sure, but anyway, anyway. So I went to this conference. That's what this is about, right? And I heard this message, and it was um, it had to do with kind of being new in Christ and everything. And God hit me with a big lie I told. Um, and uh, you know, and there, it could have been any number of lies I told. I mean, you know, and but this one in particular affected another family. Uh, because one night, <clears throat> my buddy Doug and I, we were out drinking, and uh, he had a Z28 Camaro, which was so we were so cool driving around in that car. I just want to say, when we went through the Pizza King parking lot, everybody <laughs> wanted to be us, you know, and that's, that's the pride of man, right? Um, I was humbled many times in that parking lot, by the way. Uh, and so, at any rate, we were going to uh, visit my sister. She had just got an apartment. And uh, she lived uh, just back in this residential area. It was kind of quiet back there. And so Doug just, and he just kind of, it's very long and straight. And you can see where this is going. He's going to lay some rubber down. I thought, oh, man, hey, can I try that? Right? Sure. You yeah. know. He let me do it. His engine broke. Threw rod through his engine. And uh, all kinds of things were going through my mind <laughs> as it were his. And I, why it really mattered, I don't really know why, but he had, he was like, let's just tell my dad, he said, let's just tell his dad that he did it, right, rather than me. So I was good with that, you know? <laughs> and, uh, you know, because cause I had no ramifications on my life. Um, so anyway, you know, a new engine. We're talking a new engine, right? Uh, and so I... Um, so going to this conference and God laid that lie on my heart. He's like, "You got to get right with Doug's dad, first available opportunity, and you need to offer to pay for it, though it may take you your entire life." You know? <laughs> and so, so listen, <clears throat> I had an opportunity uh, and was visiting back home, and so I made a beeline for their house. <sighs> I was shaking in my boots, man, because um, you know obedience is never is not always easy, right? Um, and uh, nor have I always responded in obedience to God's prompting. But in this case, uh, by his grace, I did. And so I just said, hey, hey, Don, <clears throat> you know, you remember that time uh, that this happened? I said, you know, that wasn't Doug, that was me. And I want to apologize for lying, and I want to just say right now, I'll pay for that engine. And um, this is really interesting how God worked this out. Um and actually I confessed to my dad, too. I told my own dad about it, and I said, "This is what I'm going to do." You know And uh, Doug's dad said, "Listen, Greg, I want you to know what you're into, what's happening in your life, is what we all ought to be doing. this Jesus thing." And I was like, "What is happening? You know And, uh, and so because I had witnessed to my friend before, and he said, "I know what this is going to mean for my life, and I'm not ready for that." Um, he was being honest, you know, and uh, so uh, anyway, interestingly enough, they—they, they, I, no matter what I tried to do to pay for this engine, they weren't going to take it. But um, just appreciated my honesty and everything, and I just gave glory to God. But um, but just the reason I'm saying this is because this these verses here talk about a transformation. You could see there was a day when I would I cared less about telling the truth about that. But the Holy Spirit, right? When you got the Holy Spirit, and He sometimes it's like, do you remember that thing, you know? And you know, um, I don't necessarily think that God has us to wants to go and do a total inventory on our lives and try to right every wrong. We could be doing that ad nauseum, but uh, we should be open to God's leading in that direction, um, and and just the, a commitment to truthfulness, um, and so. Uh, so he's just saying he says, "Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self that's the you know we're not liars anymore. We may be tempted to lie, but we're not liars okay uh we We have to have a commitment to the truth and to tell each other the truth right and uh that's that's what 's critical now um we need to uh you know be committed to telling the truth, certainly that's come across. In more ways than one here this morning, but I want to talk about maybe some specific ways that we might uh, that might might uh, I want to throw out to you, okay? As ways of kind of um, uh, obeying this command. First one, just not not give false testimony in court. I mean, that one's the most direct application, right? Is uh, you want to you don't want to ever make a false claim or give false testimony in a court, right? Now, um, let's look beyond that. Don't twist words to your benefit or someone else's detriment, right? How many times have you kind of retold a story about a scenario and you kind of make yourself look better than you were or in order to make someone look worse than what they were, right? That's not being truthful, right? That's not being truthful. And so a a commitment to telling the truth, I think, means to to not do that. Just try to, you know. Think of, of uh, you know, some of you may know who Drew Friday was, right? Just He always said, you know, just the facts, ma'am, just the facts, right? Um, now, there are, we say more than facts, but I'm saying you kind of a stick to the facts, um, not trying to give your own spin on it, um, uh, because it could damage someone else's reputation. You could cast, uh, you know, just a negativity on that person's reputation, which is, you know, certainly what false testimony would do, right? All right, um, not gossiping, not gossiping, because as you think about it, um, <clears throat> gossip is a form of deception uh, sometimes, right? I'd put gossip in kind of, there's two different ways we somebody might gossip. First is um, passing along rumors that have not been substantiated, that would be one way, or passing along a true report Unnecessarily, like right? you know, like you don't need to know why are you telling it that person doesn't need to know they're either not a part of the solution or something right um, and uh, I, I just think that you know those are because a lot of times people think gossip is passing on false information. no, it could be true, but like why are you passing it on right what What is the benefit sometimes uh, people they may not verbalize this, but you know um, uh, people form a bond over gossiping because they have a common enemy. Sometimes that happens, and uh, it's unfortunate. But, but so, so steer away from gossiping, right, because it's a form of deception or lying, and you're leading others to think worse about somebody else. So this is something we've got to be careful of, right? Our, and to be honest, right, the person that's probably most uh, um, prone to falling in the area of speech is somebody that gives speeches. Gives talks all the time, right? Uh, myself, right? You, you, a lot of words, right? There's a proverb that says, with many words, transgression is unavoidable, right? So maybe you're like, Pastor, you should keep the sermon shorter, <laughs> right? That's a way to avoid that, you know? <laughs> but, but, I, but I'm just saying, you know, it's like, uh, I was, as I was listening to Kevin, the young uh, pastor talk, he was talking about how he writes a lot, you know? And same thing with writing. And blogging and all this stuff that he does is, uh, you know, it's, it's easy to kind of like, you got to be careful what you're saying, make sure it's a true representation, right? You're not kind of, and I don't think, I don't think it's necessarily wrong. It doesn't mean it's wrong to call somebody out, right? Um, like you would never say something that would ever reflect negatively on somebody else because sometimes, well, honestly, the Apostle Paul, he called some people out, Okay. Um, for for, um, heresy and false teachings and so on. But um, by and large, those things should be done privately, right? (laughs) One-on-one, the scripture shows us us in Matthew 18, right? But uh, so gossiping, right? Don't gossip. Um, Don't make a promise you can't keep. Uh, Be careful about making promises. My kids were real good about helping me keep those promises when they were young and growing up. You promised! You know, after a few of those, when I I failed, I'm like, I'm not going to promise unless I actually know I can deliver, right? And uh, so, but I knew when I when I if I ever said those words to my kids that I was going to have to make it make it happen, right? And the same goes true, um, just in our relationships, right? You want to be a person that if you say you're going to be there, you're going to be there. You can be counted on, right? Um, and uh, Ecclesiastes five five says it's better that you should not vow then you should vow and not pay. So it's better to just not make a promise. Uh, You could say, I'll try, I'll see what I can do, you know, that kind of thing, but I I can't promise. Or if you promise, you know, do it. Let let your yes be yes and your no be no. Right, that's a New Testament uh, equivalent of that, right? All right. And just just overall, we need to be thinking about guarding our neighbor's reputation, right? who is your neighbor? Right? Anybody you're around, basically, <laughs> that's your neighbor. Um, doesn't have to be somebody that lives in your neighborhood. It could be your co worker. You know, it could be an actual physical neighbor in your neighborhood. But it's just whoever you're around. You want to make sure you guard the reputation. Proverbs 22 1 says, uh, A good name is to be chosen rather than great riches, and favor is better than silver or gold. Right? So, we all value our reputations, right? I, I think you do value your reputation. You don't want somebody casting dispersion on you or negatively upon you, right? And so we, we need to think the same thing, right? As we're speaking to others. Now, um, just, just uh, the last point I want to make really has to do with um, this idea of being witness, okay? We've seen in Scripture how being a good witness is important to God uh, to being a truthful witness, but also think about this um, it could have eternal implications on the people around you that you hang out with because um, if you're if you're known or prone to lying or twisting the truth or any of those things I said and that list I said is not any kind of way of an exhaustive list but just to give some thoughts um, then Why do you think they would ever listen to you when you're going to talk about eternal matters? Why? I mean, what would make you think that, right? Um, And so, you know, this is the last point here. Just being known as a person. We want to be known as as people who value the truth. It's going to help you be a good witness for Christ. And um, you may have not known this. Maybe you do know this. But if you are part of the family of God, if you're a Christian God has a mission for you, okay? And the way that mission might express itself may be different for every person, but it always involves reaching people for Jesus Christ. Always involves the gospel in word and deed. Telling the gospel and doing the gospel, okay? Um, And so so we get to this verse, Acts chapter 1, verse 8. It says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Now, uh, if you're not familiar with this passage, right, in the book of Acts is like a historical book of the early church, right? It's like the first century church and how it got off the ground and what God was doing. Some amazing things, right? Some amazing things were happening there. Uh, their lives were just—I uh, like to say—kind of uh, crackling with the supernatural. <laughs> okay, as you read through, it's pretty amazing. And and uh, but what's going to happen here is you know that the the church underwent uh, a great persecution, right? And what's going to happen is that body of Christ, that church, would be scattered, right? And uh, that actually uh, moved them out. And you can see this progression, not necessarily just from any kind of persecution, but if you you were able to look at a map, if I had a map up here, you see Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria. It's a moving outward, right? So the Word of God is meant to go out through His people as they are witnesses to what Jesus has done in their lives, as they are witnesses to what Jesus did on the cross, okay? And as we pass on, this gospel, which means good news, right? Good news because we don't have to die in our sins. We don't have to die separated from God for all eternity. We can actually have a relationship with the living God because of what Jesus did. And then we tell uh, whoever will hear us, let me tell you what Jesus did for me. Okay? And you get to relay your story. I think it's important. You know, we all learn how to tell our own story about how we came to faith and then tell God's story of salvation and how they can have it too. Right? But they're not going to listen if we're telling lies, if we're not committed to the truth. right? Um, now, hey, I started off this message saying nobody's perfect. We can't keep the Ten Commandments all the time. We're going to mess up. The thing is, when you do, confess it. Own it. right? If you tell a lie to somebody, you know, uh, Make it right, right? Make it right. I mean, just tell them, uh, confess it. You know, it uh, takes some guts because <laughs> you may have to explain why. And usually, it's some kind of a fear, uh, some kind of a fear there. Right? Uh, you're afraid of something, and that fear overrides the truth. But um, you know, just so, and that's that's kind of what you know. When I first became a believer and i knew that the people around me were watching me uh and uh and when i did mess up they kind of pointed it out cuz like oh yeah look you're a christian and you're you're doing this and i'd be like well listen i know that was wrong and i'm working on it that's all i can say i am forgiven i've i put my faith in christ i know that's true um but he's you know I, i'm like a project god's working on it you know and he even tells us that in the book of Philippians, right? He says, "He who began a good work in you, he'll he'll bring it to completion on the day of Christ Jesus." So you know, thank God, right? That he's this he's committed to his people to helping them grow right through the hills and the valleys that we experience as believers, right? And sometimes we're gonna you know, we're gonna we're gonna not be truthful. Uh, we're gonna twist the story or whatever, and not to say you know. I just say confess it. Um and, and just uh keep short accounts is what people say, you know, with each other if that happens. Um because I mean what? That's um if we're like that, and we're authentic like that, that's that's also as uh that's attractive. Because that doesn't happen. That doesn't happen mostly uh, um in the world, right? So um um the other thing I just want to say about this uh is that we need to make sure that we're not lying about God, that we're not passing along lies about God and what he's like. We have to be, we have to be careful that we, that we and, and be, be. this kind of gets back to being students of the word, right? Because God, he went off on, through his prophets. Uh, he, said, uh, he says, and the Lord said to me, this is Jeremiah 14, 14, he says, and the Lord said to me, the prophets are prophesying lies in my name, I did not send them, nor did I command them or speak to them. They are prophesying to you a lying vision, worthless divination, and deceit of their own minds. So God was not happy with these prophets who were just telling lies, uh, mostly to their own benefit or so that it would make them look good in front of somebody else. Um, And so we don't want to misrepresent God. And the best way we can do that is, is to do our due diligence to try to best understand who God is. Now, that's a process too, okay? And uh, we're not perfect, okay? And we're not going to know perfectly until we see Him, actually, because the Scripture says that you, when you see Him, you'll, you'll be like Him, and you, you will know, we'll, will know more what God is really like. But He has revealed to us who, what He's like in His Word, right? And so we need to do our our best to understand what God is like so that when we speak about God, we can, with confidence, say, I know I'm, I'm, I'm delivering the truth to you, right? And there are some things that we don't know for sure about certain things. Now, there are some ambiguities, but I'm saying, by and large, we can know uh, what the Scriptures are telling us. All right, So, um, so that's the ninth commandment, right? That ninth commandment, it shall not bear false witness to your neighbor. And so let's go to God this morning. Let's, let's go to him. Let's pray and let's ask for his help to, to, to better um, be better representatives for him in loving one another by telling the truth. Heavenly Father, we ask you um, this morning to help us as, as we um, have been faced with the truth about telling the truth. And um, maybe this has hit home to somebody today here. Uh, maybe there's been, you've been caught in a lie or you are living a lie and, and you haven't been honest about it. And um, Lord, I just pray that you'd help anybody that's in that situation where you've been working all through this time, all these 30, 40 minutes, um, really wanting them to come clean on something um, to, to experience so they can experience freedom and not be caught up because it definitely is when we when we live a lie, and 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 when we get caught up in that, it just Satan just drags us down. And so, Lord, I just pray that you would grant freedom to those that would be struggling with this, um, with being honest about something. And uh, and Lord, um, thank you that uh, that there is forgiveness in Jesus Christ. That um, that if we've come to Him and we've accepted His uh, offer of salvation and forgiveness, when we've done that. He forgives us of all sin, past, present, and future. All thrown into the depths of the sea, not to be fished for anymore. And so we're completely forgiven, and we thank you, God, for that. Hallelujah. We're so thankful for the complete forgiveness that is available to whoever calls upon the name of the Lord, it says, will be saved. And so, Lord, um, help us as we we sing these last two songs uh, to to continue our worship in our hearts and to make a commitment, Lord, to the truth and to, uh, to being truthful about you. Help us, Lord, to be witnesses, to be good witnesses, honest witnesses uh, of, um, of you wherever we live, work, and play. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.